Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance and a jam-packed guest list ready to go today on the Goodyear Hotline, including the Hall of Famer Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer Bruce Smith, both of them with us. Graziano will be with me, my NFL insider extraordinaire on the coaching carousel. When is someone going to get a job? Feels like once one of them goes, the rest of them will start going in order. When should we expect to hear the first vacancy being filled? Plus, the green list today is on aging athletes. All that and more. We're ready to roll. Here we go! go, go. Only one place to start. There's only one place I want to start today, and, and that, quite frankly, is with stopping to smell the roses. You know, it is crazy to me how fast the world moves. Remember when Alabama won the national championship? Is it me or does that feel like at this point, if you said that was 20 years ago, I'd believe it. It's just astonishing to me. Maybe this is a function of my age as much as anything else. But things that happened yesterday sometimes feel like they were 20 years ago. And things that happened 20 years ago sometimes feel like they were yesterday. Like Alabama winning the title almost feels like a dated topic one day later. And it reminds me of something that I used to say on the old show all the time. And that is, we need to spend one day in life smelling the roses. Doesn't seem right to just race to the next thing all the time. Doesn't seem healthy. That's what life has become. And maybe it isn't that new. I'm reminded of a conversation I had with the late Jerry Krause. We were in a champagne-soaked locker room celebration in Phoenix, 1993. The Bulls had just beaten the Suns in Game 6 and won the championship, completing a three-peat. They had just won their third straight title. That was at a time when three-peats just didn't happen. They've become much more commonplace since then. Obviously, Jordan's Bulls started that. But this was the completion of one of the great three-year runs in the history of American professional sports. And the champagne corks are popping, and the celebrations are going on. In the visitor's locker room, I'm standing there with a microphone, and I'm interviewing Jerry Krause. And I said, Jerry, how do you feel? And you know what he said? He said, I feel like I'm behind. I feel like I'm falling behind. The draft is next week. All these other teams have been doing all their work. They've all got way ahead of us. I feel like I'm falling behind. And I thought to myself, how the hell can that be? How can we allow ourselves to be in a place, and this goes well beyond sports, where the crowning accomplishment, the crowning achievement of your life is something you don't get 15 minutes to celebrate? Doesn't seem healthy. Doesn't seem right. Life comes at you fast. My advice is find some time to hop off and watch it for a little while. Because there's a lot to do. So we will get to the Alabama piece of this. There is something I want to talk about with regard to that sport in general. And I made the decision, despite how dated it feels, that we will do it today. But right now it is time for some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And for today's Straight Talk, we got your hot takes. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go. I've got three hot takes for you this morning, and we're serving them up hot. And the very first one comes from Philadelphia. As we wait to see which NFL head coaching vacancy is filled first, I can tell you which NFL head coaching vacancy is the worst one, and that is the one in Philadelphia. The Eagles' head coaching vacancy is the worst of them all. Here's what you're walking into if you want to coach that team. 
you are basically locked into a quarterback that most of the world has given up on who just won a power struggle with the previous coach. And not only are you inheriting him, but you are inheriting a quarterback controversy. There's nothing an NFL coach hates more than a quarterback controversy. You're inheriting one. Unless they trade away Jalen Hurts, you are walking into a situation where you know at least half the team and more than half the fans believe Jalen Hurts should be your quarterback. But your owner has told you with his actions, not his words, Carson Wentz is your quarterback. Not only that, but the roster is aging and not particularly good. Not a lot of good young talent. They're way over the salary cap. And the fans are disgusted. The previous coach, who most people generally liked and thought was a good guy, won a Super Bowl less than three years ago today. So good luck walking into that situation in Philadelphia. That is the worst spot that will be filled this offseason. Next. I can't believe Deshaun Watson is going anywhere. I just can't believe it. I understand that he is frustrated. I understand Andre Johnson is tweeting at him to hold his ground. But here's the bottom line. If the Houston Texans trade Deshaun Watson, then I say this in actual seriousness. They need to wrestle control of the organization away from the people who have it. Whoever it is that owns that, I mean, I know who it is. It's Cal McNair. If Deshaun Watson is made unhappy enough that they are going to have to trade him, then they literally have to take the control of the franchise away from the people who have it. Deshaun Watson is a miracle that fell into your lap. And that's exactly what he did. He fell. He slid in the draft past teams that needed quarterbacks. He slid past Mitchell Trubisky and and Patrick Mahomes. He was the third quarterback taken. He's the best thing that's ever happened to your franchise. And you have now managed to make him so unhappy that he may demand a trade. You need to do something quick. Quick. Because that is a franchise. That is a mistake. That is a move you never come back from. You never come back from trading a superstar quarterback entering his prime. He isn't even in his prime yet. So that, to me, is a disaster. And for that reason, I just cannot fathom that it is going to happen. All right, one more. This one is pretty serious. In fact, Bubba, let's lose the music on this. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Let's talk about this one in a serious way. Whatever is going on with Kyrie Irving is not going to get any better anytime soon. He strikes me from a relative distance, not as a bad person, but as one in need of assistance. And I think it is worth saying out loud, a pandemic is an extremely difficult time for mental health, for all of us. Look what it's done to our country. There are a lot of crazy things happening in America right now. And I'm not suggesting the pandemic is responsible for all of them, or even most of them. But if you think every one of them isn't exacerbated by the pandemic, then I respectfully disagree. Now, that part of it is another topic for another day. But I will just say this, the behavior of Kyrie Irving right now, I would describe as highly troubling. That's a better word to me than irresponsible or unprofessional or even narcissistic. This is troubling. And the way the Nets are reacting to it suggests to me they know that. So don't expect this to get much better anytime soon, whether he comes back to play or not. And I hope that whatever help it is that he needs getting through this situation 
he winds up finding. Jay Williams, who is one of the hosts, he's the Jay in KJZ every morning here, coast to coast on ESPN Radio, said this today. If I do not want to be seen, you will not see me. Kyrie Irving wants to be seen. Don't get that twisted. He was actually on the Manhattan District Attorney's Candidates, um, you know, Zoom call last night. And what he does in the community is incredible. I, I think it's actually something that is not spoken about enough about the money he gives back to the community, how he stands up for things like Black Lives Matter and things of that sort. But this is a major slap in the face to the Brooklyn Nets organization beyond a slap in the face. There's no way to disagree with that from Jay Will. No way to disagree. What he's doing, the behavior, absent anything else, is inexcusable. You can't have this in professional sports. You can't have this with someone who came to your organization to be the leader. But that's why I say this is not about that. This is not about something that simple. The word I would use to describe the situation with Kyrie right now, whom I do not know, is troubling. And I hope that someone is able to figure something out soon. Because I do not think whether he comes back to play sometime soon or not, that situation gets better quickly. All right, we are just getting started. Again, Tony Dungy will join me live in 15 minutes. Lots of football coming up. Speaking of which, do you remember when they juiced the baseballs so that more home runs would be hit? Well, guess what? Another league has juiced its sport this year. It has made a huge difference, and I think it has been great. Coming up today on Barton Hahn, Kyrie Irving and James Harden make their teams cringe. Meanwhile, are we talking enough about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers as Super Bowl contenders? That's today on Barton Hahn, starting at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio on a very busy Wednesday. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Great guest list today. Tony Dungy will join me live in about 13 minutes. We have the Hall of Famer Bruce Smith a little later today as well with the Buffalo Bills back in the playoffs and playing well. And a whole lot more coming up. But next... Next subject, I think you're going to love this, and I must give credit for it to your pal, my pal, Sal pal, Antonio. He sent me two emails that I think were fascinating. So we all know that the baseballs were juiced, right? Baseball juiced their balls uh, a couple of years ago in an effort to get more home runs 
with the somewhat, I believe, misguided impression that that would make the game more interesting. It actually did the opposite. It devalued the home run and managed to make the most exciting thing in baseball something very commonplace and unexciting. But that was something that I think, despite what anyone would tell you, the ball was juiced and it was just as simple as that. Well, you know what? Pro football has juiced its sport. That was Sal's analogy, and it is the right one. Here are regular season numbers. There was a record year for scoring in the National Football League. There were more points scored in the NFL this year than any year before. That's despite the fact they didn't have mini camps and training camps and preseason games and all the rest of that. And you know why they did? There were 430 offensive holding penalties called this season. The year before, there were 724. Those decreased over 40%. The result, record set in touchdown passes, record set in touchdowns, record set in scoring, and a record five teams averaged over 30 points scored per game. They just don't call holding. And if you're wondering, did that carry over to the playoffs? The answer is yes. In 24 quarters... Of postseason football so far, 24 quarters, there were seven offensive holding calls. Seven offensive holdings called in six games. In three of the games, they called none. Indy Buffalo, zero holding. Baltimore, Tennessee, zero holding. Bears Saints, zero holding. They don't call holding in the NFL anymore, and the result obviously, has been record-setting offensive numbers. And can I tell you, I love it. Love it. There's nothing more frustrating than when a great play in a football game is called back by a questionable holding. They go back and they watch it and you hear Troy Aikman say, well, I'm not sure I really see that one there, Joe. Or whomever it is that's doing the game, you know what I'm talking about. It's insane. There's nothing more frustrating than that. The questionable holding call. Now, I know that all my friends who play defense in the NFL are screaming at me right now. Greeny, they hold on every play. You can't let them get away with it. Well, guess what? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can let them get away with it. It's better for the sport. They juiced the sport, and it worked. So thank you to Sal Palantonio for pointing those notes out to me, and thank you to the NFL for making the game even more entertaining to watch. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Shell Pennzoil, no, 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 excuse me. My guests this year are on the Goodyear Hotline. My apologies, that was the previous year. This year's sponsor for the hotline is the Goodyear Hotline, and Tony Dungy will be live on it in 10 minutes. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson is not the only superstar who wants out of Houston. James Harden last night finally said aloud what we've known for a long time. After the Rockets got blown out by the Lakers, and he's not even playing hard or well. He's not even scoring 20 points most nights. To be kind, he doesn't look like he's in great shape right now. And last night after another loss, he said what we all know. Which is not good enough. Uh, obviously, chemistry, talent-wise, just everything. And it was clear, um, like I said, these last few games. You know, from, the, from the beginning of the game, they were just aggressive, veteran team, obviously, uh, championship team, and, you know, one of the best teams that we have in this league. I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. I mean, this, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, yeah, thanks. 
Well, I couldn't be making it worse. I mean, he literally couldn't be making this worse than he has for the Rockets, who have a first-year general manager and a first-year coach and are starting all over again. And the most important thing they will do is make this James Harden trade. And by behaving the way he did at the beginning of the year, not showing up, not taking the protocols seriously, all the rest of the stuff that he did, and now playing... I mean, James Harden is a guy who rolls out of bed, as Woj said to me on TV this morning, rolls out of bed and gives you 30 and 10. He's not doing anything close to that. And again, just look at some video of them playing right now if you haven't watched them play. You tell me that guy's in tip-top physical condition right now. I'm saying that as kindly as I can. So he's making it as difficult as could be to trade him right now. Because the market for him is going to be, Jalen once called him on our show, called him an acquired taste. And I think that's right. Harden's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. He can put up numbers unlike practically any that have ever been seen. But he's not for everyone. Because he takes over the whole game and the whole team. So the market for him is already a little condensed based upon or relative to his output. And now he's making it so difficult as to practically be impossible. So the city of Houston, all of you down there, I feel sorry for you. Again, I approach everything as a fan. You've got Deshaun Watson. He wants out. You've got James Harden. He wants out. Those are two of the best players in both of their sports. So these are tough times right now. To use an overused cliche, Houston, you have a problem. Meanwhile, there's one more thing that I just want you to know. I need you to listen carefully. I just want you to know. So this is difficult for me to admit, but I just feel a need to do so. So we were talking in a commercial break on Get Up this morning, and Dan Graziano was sharing this story that there is apparently a person who has $220 million in Bitcoin and doesn't remember his password to access it. And apparently this is one of those situations where you get 10 tries and then it locks you out. But the way he's telling the story to me is that if he he's on his ninth try now, that if he fails 10 times, he just loses the $220 million in Bitcoin. This is the story Dan is telling me. I cannot vouch for its accuracy. But it does bring up for one question to me. What exactly is Bitcoin? Like this is something I just want you to know. I don't know what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is one of those words that you hear all the time and you nod and you say, oh yeah, Bitcoin. You got to stay away from the Bitcoin. That's a big deal. And I will admit to you, I don't know what it is. What is Bitcoin? It's like rack and pinion steering. I don't know what that is. When I was a kid, every commercial for cars always said, well, it's got rack and pinion steering. And I would say, well, if it's got rack and pinion steering, that's got to be a great car. I don't know what rack and pinion steering is. Golf pros, they talk about swing plane. Well, you could watch a swing plane there, John. I don't know what swing plane is. Like, I can kind of guess, but that's another one of those things. Someone says, well, Greeny, have you worked on your swing plane? Well, absolutely. I'm working on the swing plane right now. <laughs> got to get the handicap down. Got to keep an eye on the swing plane. But anyway, the point is, the one thing I want you to know is, I don't know what Bitcoin is. I hear it all the time. It seems to be in that New York Times business section that I don't read every Sunday. <laughs> I, get, I have a few sections that I just immediately take out and discard. So I don't read that one, which is probably why I don't know what Bitcoin is. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you know what Bitcoin is, please tell me. Not because this guy can't access his, but because it just feels like something I should know. 
The Hall of Famer Tony Dungy will join me live next. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. It's two teams that really do mirror themselves. Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Just a question of whether the rest of the Bills team shows up and plays to the same level that Josh Allen. The Baltimore Ravens, they got back to Lamar Jackson-type football. Just be a baller. All right, one of the four great games this weekend. Divisional weekend, generally speaking, is the best weekend of football and that one the matchup of these two great young quarterbacks Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson one of those that we're looking forward to Greeny with you here on ESPN radio and joining me now the Hall of Famer Tony Dungy from NBC they've got that game Tony is on the Goodyear hotline Goodyear helping you discover the road ahead Goodyear more driven good morning Tony Dungy I do not hear Tony am I the only one who doesn't hear Tony sometimes I'm not quite sure what based upon where I am and where everyone else is No, we do not hear Tony for the moment. I'll tell you again that that's the game they have this weekend. And it is to me one. Look, I I don't even know how to point out the most intriguing matchup because every one of these four games is phenomenal. Let's try it again. Tony Dungy, can you hear me? Good morning. I can hear you, Granny. That was me. Pilot error on that one. (laughs) Operator error. No problem whatsoever. (laughs) Delighted to have you. I was just saying NBC has Ravens bills, you guys, this weekend. And here's what I find intriguing about that game. With all of the pressure that existed on Lamar Jackson to to get off the playoff schneid, if you will, as unfair as I thought some of that was, the comparison I kept making was to Peyton Manning, was that Peyton, he went 0 for his first three in the playoffs. He didn't win his first playoff game until he turned 27 years old. Lamar's only 24. But one way or another... I was thinking, yeah, yes, the same thing when I was hearing all that. I said, well, this is deja vu. I remember this. I was there. I lived through it. Oh, Peyton, he's good in the regular season, but he can't win the big one. He can't do it in the playoffs. Well, I, I think he had plenty of time to destroy that narrative, and Lamar is going to do the same thing. Exactly. And so the question I want to ask you is, how do you recall, once he finally got a win, that pressure being lifted, if you will, and, and what, what should we expect that to mean for how Lamar might play this weekend? I, I think Lamar is going to play lights out because you're right. I saw it with Peyton. We, um, you know, the two years, uh, the first two losses were before I got there. And then my first year, we lost to the Jets, your Jets, 41 nothing. And so then the next year, we're playing Denver and all week, well, hey, Peyton's had this great year and we know he's great, but he's not going to do it in, in the playoffs. And you just keep fighting that. Well, we beat Denver. I think Peyton threw five or six touchdown passes. And then the next week, we were uh, going to Kansas City, and Kansas City had a great team in 2003. Priest Holmes and Trent Green and unbelievable offense. Oh, well, that's the best I've ever seen Peyton play in that next game after we, we won the first one. It was like the pressure's off. 
I can just be myself. The team didn't feel it, and we went in and, and upset Kansas City, and it was one of the best games I've ever been involved in. Well, that, that's such great insight. It's exactly what I'm looking at. And so here's what I'd like to ask you about that offense. I mean, this, I remember a point early, not even that early, past the halfway point of this season, when the conversations we were having on talk shows was what's wrong with the Ravens offense, they've lost their identity, they don't know what they're what they really are trying to do, they're trying to make Lamar something that he's not, then he gets the coronavirus, and it felt like this was going to be the year where everything went wrong for him and for them. And from that time till now, they've been unbeatable, and he's been brilliant. What have you seen change? I, I, I think what happened was John Harbaugh and, and the entire offense uh, they said, you know, we've got to be able to win these big games. We've got to beat Kansas City. We've got to beat Tennessee. We've got to beat Buffalo. We've got to beat Pittsburgh in the playoffs. So we've got to become a complete team. We can't just be a running football team. So they were doing a little more. They were expanding Lamar's horizon. And, yes, it wasn't all pretty and it wasn't all perfect. But then we saw last week when they went down to Tennessee, okay, you want to clamp down on the running game? We've got to have some weaponry. We've got to be able to throw it to Marquise Brown. We've got to be able to use Lamar in other ways. And so I think they were putting that all together, and it was a process. And at the end of the year in December, they were as hot as anybody, and it looked like it last week as well. Right now they look like a very dangerous team. Both these teams do. Obviously, they both come in red hot. That's a great game again. That's Saturday night, and it is the NBC game this weekend. Tony Dungy with me here on ESPN Radio. Let me go through some of the other games this weekend with you, Tony, if I can. Um, the Browns go to Kansas City as a prohibitive underdog. Give me the blueprint. How does Cleveland wind up pulling off an enormous upset against the Chiefs? They've got to do just what they did in Pittsburgh. They've got to be physical on offense, and they have the running backs and the offensive line to do it. Uh, Baker is going to have to make some plays, yes, but it's got to start. Hey, we've got to pound the football with Chubb and Hunt and be physical up front. And then defensively, they've got to come up with some takeaways. You're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes in that offense. You're not going to just shut them down and, and have them be two for 12 on third down. That's not going to happen. Kansas City is going to move the ball, but just like they did uh, in Pittsburgh, they've got to get the tip ball interception. When it is the bad throw, they've got to come up with it. And uh, if they do that, I think they can win a high-scoring game. And that's going to be one to watch. Again, every game that Mahomes has ever lost has been a shootout. The the idea that you shut him down just isn't realistic. It's basically never happened. The next game, I will remind everyone who doesn't remember that long before you became a Hall of Fame head coach, you were a great defensive coordinator in the NFL for a long time. So with that thought in mind, I'm thinking about the Rams defense, and I'm thinking about the ability of Aaron Donald to create mayhem in the middle of that line if he's healthy enough to do it. And I'm thinking of Jalen Ramsey maybe being able to take Devontae Adams for the most part out of the game. With those thoughts in mind, tell me what you'd be thinking defensively going up against Rodgers in his building with the extraordinary season that he's had. You are on the right track, Greeny. And if the Rams, if they can deal with the cold, they have the formula to beat Green Bay. Green Bay is so hot right now. Aaron Rodgers is playing outstanding football, home field advantage, all that. But what Green Bay has is they've got Rodgers orchestrating, and he's got the ultimate weapon, Adams. Well, if you can neutralize that a little bit, not saying Jalen Ramsey can shut him down completely, but just not let Devontae Adams go crazy, now the other guys have to work. And they have a pass rush to bother Aaron Rodgers. They have a pass rush that's athletic, that can chase him down. Usually 
he gets out of the pocket, he moves around a little bit, he gets away from people. This rush can chase him down. So for Green Bay, what does that mean? Aaron Jones. You've got to run the ball, keep that defensive front off balance. So I think it's going to be a real chess match, but I do think the Rams have the physical capability to deal with it. Mentally, can they deal with the Lambeau curse and the cold weather that they're going to face? It's a fascinating one. Again, all the games this weekend are so good. One more thing I'd like to ask you, Tony, as I have you here for a moment. I remember many years ago when you were the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, um, you, when you would come to Chicago, when I was working locally in Chicago, you would come on all the talk shows. You, you were, you were um, someone that we got to know then, even on game day, you, you, were, you were out there and available. And it was at a time when getting a head coaching job as an African-American coach was at a f- totally different feel than it should have today, and for the most part, than it does have today. But there's a lot of conversation now about Eric Bieniemy potentially getting shut out in this cycle again, and I think it would be interesting for me and I think others to hear what your thoughts are on that all these years later. Yeah, and, and really what has to happen, you have to have the right mix. It's got to be the right person with the right organization, the right job at the right time. And I did. I got frustrated, Greeny, a couple times uh, in, in the 90s back there. Uh, 1993, we had the number one defense in football in, in Minnesota. And I had been talked about for a little while then. And there were seven openings that year. And I didn't get one interview. And I thought to myself then, gosh, if, if you got the number one defense, there's seven jobs, and you don't even get an interview, maybe this isn't going to happen. And uh, then the next year, 94, I got a couple of interviews. 95, I got an interview. And it just didn't happen. And I was distraught. You know, gosh, I want to be a head coach, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But then in 96, it was the right situation. Malcolm Glazer, he liked my philosophy, what I was all about. The right people were in place. Warren Sapp was there. Derek Brooks was there. John Lynch was there. Uh, You know, it, it was a perfect storm. Rich McKay like my style. So all the frustration, it, it kind of fuels you, but it, it lets you know that, you know what, the right place, the right time. And, and when I talked to Eric, that's, that's what I told him. Don't worry about the jobs you don't get. Make sure you get the right one. Be patient. Hopefully it's going to work for him. Now, I, I am, I had actually an article in the USA Today. I am a little frustrated about this uh, idea that so, someone doesn't interview well. Uh, all that means is their style isn't what you're looking for. So just say that. Just say, hey, you know, that's not exactly what I'm looking for. Not that someone doesn't interview well. It's extremely interesting and, and so well said. Uh, Tony, you know, I always appreciate the time. Thank you again. NBC Saturday night as Buffalo, Baltimore, part of a spectacular weekend. It's always a pleasure. Happy New Year, Tony. We'll talk soon. All righty. Thank you, Mike. Good to be with you. The great Tony Dungy with me here. So much there to react to. We will do it coming up next. Plus, today's green list is next on the greatest athletes ever, 40 or older. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here as we roll along. The Hall of Famer Bruce Smith will join me in the next hour. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Buffalo back and better than ever in the playoffs. Just joining me, just missed Tony Dungy. He was great. Today's green list is coming up in just a moment. Greatest athletes ever, 40 or older. But to circle back to something we discussed a little earlier. I acknowledge to you, I admitted to you, it was a painful admission that I don't know what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is one of those words that I hear and I nod and I act like I know what we're talking about, but I don't. And when I said that, one of our camera operators here, one of the outstanding camera operators here at our studio, whose name is Chris, said to me, Greeny, it is a digital currency that is not backed by any nation, but rather by the people who invest in it. To which I said, well, what does that mean? Like we're constantly saying things that I don't know what they mean. 30 years now, I'm covering sports. You know, and people have explained to me the cover two. The cover two used to be one of those things. People would say cover two. I'd say, oh, they're in the, the Tampa two. The cover two, I learned the lingo. But I didn't know what it meant. And Golik used to sit there sometimes and he would get the, the, the salt and the pepper shakers. He would like diagram it for me. So I learned those things. But I, I, I don't know what that means. So it's a, it's, a, it's a painful admission on my part, but it is one that I just, I just feel as we get to know each other better again after all these years, that's something you should know about me. That... As much as we talk about it, I just don't really know what Bitcoin actually is. Let's do the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, today's Green List, uh, my top five, this, that, or the other. My today's Green List is going to be the top five athletes ever, 40 years old or older. This obviously is in honor of Tom Brady and Drew Brees, who will face off this Sunday in one of the most intriguing NFL playoff games of all time. But... Number five. It's not where it begins. At number five, I'm going to make a tie between Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. And the reason is that both were in their 40s when they were the architects of the two most memorable wins in the history of their sport. There's never been anything like Jack Nicklaus winning the Masters, yes, sir, in 1986 at the age of 46... Until Tiger did it a year and a half ago. Those were the two most memorable sporting events in their sport, which happens to be my favorite sport. And while I know that maybe their greatness over the course of time, and we'll see Tiger still has time left, may not be the equal of some others and what those people accomplished past the age of 40. Those individual wins alone, in my opinion, we're worth putting them on the list. Number four. And number four, I'm going to go with George Foreman. I don't know if you remember this, but George Foreman had two fully separate careers. He had the young George Foreman, in which he fought Ali and all of that in the 70s. And then he came back, the sort of jovial spokesman making the, you know, the hamburgers on the thing, George Foreman. And when he came back, he eventually became the oldest heavyweight champ ever. He knocked out Michael Moore at the age of 45. He fought until he was 48. He was 17 and 3 in his career after the age of 40, and he fought 350 total rounds. When you become the heavyweight champion of the world at the age of 45, in my opinion, that bears inclusion on today's green list of the top five athletes ever. Over the age of 40. Number three. Number three is Dara Torres, U.S. swimmer. And we were doing the show when this happened, and she was just spectacular. At the age of 41, Dara Torres competed in her fifth Olympics. This is a sport that is dominated by people who are in college. 
Olympic swimming or swimming, competitive swimming is dominated by people in their late teens and early 20s. Dara Torres, American swimmer at the age of 41, won three silvers in the 50-meter freestyle, 4x100 medley relay, and the 4x100 freestyle relay. And I remember it like it was yesterday, the attention that that received and she received, and rightly so, to compete at the apex level in the Olympics in that sport at that age is basically unprecedented and definitely worthy of inclusion on this list. Number two. Number two is Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan pitched till he was 46. At the age of 40, Nolan Ryan led the National League with ERA and strikeouts. At the age of 40, Nolan Ryan had a 276 ERA and threw 270 strikeouts. As he continued and got older, From 1988 to 1990, so when he was well over 40 years old, he led the American League in strikeouts and threw two no-hitters over the age of 40. So Nolan Ryan is number two. Number one. Number one is Brady. It's just that simple. He's already number one. It doesn't matter what he does going forward. He's already number one. He's 47 and 17 as a starting quarterback since he turned 40 years old. He's thrown 125 touchdowns and 39 picks. He's played in two Super Bowls, won one of them, and won an MVP award. He was the MVP of the league at the age of 40. Tom Brady has already done stuff at his age that no one had ever done before. Stuff that, frankly, I would have thought was completely impossible. And he has a chance to just continue to add to it. Now, so does Breeze. And if Breeze wins a Super Bowl this year, we'll have to consider him for inclusion on this list. But for today's green list, number five is a tie between Tiger and Jack. Number four is George Foreman. Number three is Dara Torres. Number two is Nolan Ryan. Number one is Tom Brady. There's more to be said about the list today, and we will as we continue, including some people who I purposely did not put on it. But up next, Paul Feinbaum will join me with insight into the most interesting story of the week.